parenting in a pandemic, y'all, I have a deep respect for parents who do it all. And as a newish parent of a 22-month-old wild child, I have a lot of questions. I'm your host, Mel Alvar, and I'll be talking to parents from across the spectrum here at Parent Chat Podcast about all of the things. I want to honor the journey of parenthood, so come with open ears and open hearts. We're all just doing the best we can. This episode of the Parent Chat Podcast may contain graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome. This is your host, Mel. I am here with my husband, my partner, my baby daddy, <laughs> love of my life, Bryce. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for joining me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's hard for me to, you know, fit you into my schedule and stuff. I mean, I had to travel a long ways, you know, from yes. upstairs to downstairs. Yes, we are in our new recording space, my slash workspace and aka Benny Free Zone, Mommy's Getaway Space. Uh, now that it's sinking in that COVID's not going away anytime soon, I figure I needed a little change of scenery from doing work upstairs. I was getting a little too comfortable. It was getting a little hard to focus. Mm-hmm. So I created a nice little spot in the basement. So welcome, thank you for well, joining me. It would probably be hard, you know, doing work on the sofa. Like, I don't know, because it's it super comfy. Hard. It is hard, and especially since I moved the ottoman and everything over. I get, We have a very small living room, and I'm a someone who likes to rearrange furniture a lot. I'm used to, you know, as I mentioned in my first episode um in the abusive relationship i was in i moved around a lot and so we've been in this house now almost six years Mm -hmm. going on six years soon so i don't have a lot of spaces that i can rearrange so it's nice to kind of find new spaces that i can reinvent Um, and it's it's good for now i do have little christmas lights hanging up and uh, my peacock scarf and yeah, so anyway, maybe I'll post pictures someday. I don't know. I did share on my Facebook page a little bit of the the table and the altar space of all my crystals and candles and stuff like that. But anyway, I'm excited to have Bryce here today to talk a little bit about his experience becoming a parent and what it's been like for us to grow together in this experience and just so you all can hear a little bit from his perspective of of how it's all been going for him so let's just jump jump right in um we like i said in the first episode we met in 2010 in april and we've been together 10 years now Mm -hmm. 10 and a half years um we officially started dating a month after we met and then moved together moved in together in august of that year um bryce do you remember one of the first things i said to you about being a part of my life and a part of my family when we first started dating uh, well yeah one of two things um you said that you were uh you know a new aunt mm-hmm. and uh technically i been an uncle for you know three two nephews and one niece and um my first nephew who's actually older than your sister like mm-hmm. very you know me and him are very close in age um but never never really got to you know see him that much um just due to certain 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 circumstances but um just saying like you were saying that it's taking a village to you know it's going to take a village to raise the kid to raise your nephew because um because his father isn't going to be a part of his life yeah and um 
I guess one of those things where I was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, it it didn't really scare me at all, you know, mm-hmm. because I guess I always kind of figured like, well, it's one of those things like if something were to go wrong, like if he started crying, like if I were to hold him or something, be like, oh, time to go back to mama, like mm-hmm. just not having that, not emotional attachment, but like the... Um, just I don't even know how to put it like just not being I guess I don't know how you you would describe it like like you said before where it's like oh when it's not a kid of my own like oh yeah yeah yeah, you can you're not around them 24 7 but you can still be an impactful part of someone's life yes yeah and it's one of those things where I just remember, like, because the only other male figures in his life were, you know, are your dad, his grandfather, and mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you know, and... Yeah. So I don't know if at that time, like, Bryce knew the weight of just his presence in, in my nephew's life, but I knew that if he was he was going to stick around that Bryce was going to be someone that he looked up to that he you know would need as someone to talk to and we're seeing that kind of play out now you know as he's 10 years old and and stuff like that so anyway it was really just a a really interesting first glimpse into what Bryce would be like as a father and so I just I could see how kind and how gentle and how patient and caring he was and I just I knew then that that you were someone I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and that even though you didn't have a lot of experience with babies or small children like you I could just tell by your gentle gentleness and your patience that that you were going to be an amazing dad someday. So, um, do you remember then any of the conversations we've had over the past 10 years about starting a family before I got pregnant? Mm. What was that like for you? A little bit. Um, me and you had always talked about, it, you know, starting a family. And there was one thing I was always skeptical about, like, you know, this is quite a few years ago, like, bring a child into this world because we don't know the uncertainties of things that might happen. But also, too, there was um, this friend of yours uh, named Ambien that, um, <laughs> and that uh, you know. My alter ego, Ambien. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ambien like to tell it like it is. So mm-hmm. yes, I used to suffer from a lot of anxiety going to bed mm-hmm. and just generalized anxiety. And so I, I was prescribed Ambien and before I would fall asleep, Ambien would come out and have conversations <laughs> with Bryce and <laughs> tell it like it was, tell, tell Bryce how it should be. What are some of the things that Ambien said? Uh, well, it's kind of funny because you would have anxiety before you go to bed, and then Ambien would come out and then give me the anxiety, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I just remember you were saying to me, you're like, you're like, this year's gonna be the year. You're like, I'm 25, or I think you were gonna be 25 at the time, and you're like, I said, what do you mean, like this year's gonna be the year? This is the year they're gonna put a ring on this finger, <laughs> oh and I'm like, <laughs> you know, 22, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah. Oh, ambient, ambient didn't last long. Um, I just didn't like having to be on medication mm-hmm. eventually, so got off of that. Um, and had to say goodbye to Ambien, unfortunately. I know there were some fun conversations that her and Bryce had that I would have no memory of. Um, So this is why we called her my alter ego. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so, so yeah, we had kind of, she kind of set that kind of, you know, of that plan kind of in motion. I mean, of course, Bryce is his own man and decided to wait. I think it was like another year after that. Like you were like, nope, it's not happening this year. Cause I think you then proposed the following year after that. Yeah. You showed her. Um, and that was 2014. So from there, we kind of, you know, the the usual kind of plan-ish. I'm not a plan type person, but kind of once, you know, you're in a relationship, it is kind of good to set some goals and just see how it goes. And that's what we were kind of doing. So I needed to finish college. Um, yeah. I graduated in 2013. We wanted, you know, the plans, I need to finish college. We were wanting to get married, buy a house, and then we would start a family. So kind of a couple things flip-flop. We bought a house first, and um, that was because we lost Bryce's dad in 2015. Mm -hmm. So we ended up buying a house sooner than we thought we were. Which we were also to. renting from my dad at the time. So that it wasn't just, oh, we lost my dad. Oh, let's buy this house. It was more yeah. so we were renting from him. It's like. And his he was selling it before yes. he passed. Yes. It was on the market. So it was like, I still think about that sometimes, how things just, the stars aligned and everything just fell into place. Yeah. So perfectly for us. We're so blessed um, that it did. We really could have. You know, who knows what would have happened if it wouldn't have been the right timing for this house and everything. So we're very blessed to have found this house right away through family and through friends mm -hmm. um, in a part of town that we both, um, I've lived all over town and this area of town is where I had always wanted to live. Yeah. Um, it's close to where I grew up way back before growing up the North Shore, so. It's close to everything that we need to. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, a pizza place, uh, <laughs> all yep. sorts of, yeah. All the good stuff. Yeah. I definitely remember when we came into paint before we moved in, that's all we were eating was pizza. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have pizza still at least once a month now, if not more than that, so. So anyway, so then, um, I mean, over the years then, do you remember any conversations we had about naming our firstborn? Oh, yeah, I remember we were so hooked on the show Dexter. <laughs> uh, I, I'm saying I'm a little more than hooked. Dexter is something that I will binge watch at least once or twice a year. Yeah. The whole entire show yeah i do love that man yeah well, dexter right. i was gonna say i love that man too <laughs> it's I, okay to I, love I, that man I, I love that show it's okay yeah. to love that man too bryce it's okay I, yeah um so so yeah that was one conversation we had about naming our firstborn right as i said i want my firstborn son to be named dexter yeah <laughs> Um, and it, for those of you who don't know, Dexter is a show about someone who is a serial killer with a list of guiding principles. So he's like a vigilante serial killer and it's on Showtime and you can watch it on Netflix and whatever other streaming devices are out there. It'd be great to, you know, get paid advertisement for the show but Dexter because also if you don't know about the show now it's already been out for I don't know how many years, years. oh yeah. yeah oh yeah I think it, I discovered it in oh boy we met in 2010 I probably discovered it in like 2009 well, so it's been out show, for a very long time when did the show end like oh gosh I don't even remember yeah so it's like oh if you don't know already then yeah yep you, you're sleeping under a rock, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't want to make an, any assumptions that people don't know because it's not everybody's taste. So, um, yeah, from my love for Dexter, I am very much a true crime junkie. Um, it's something that I do 
watch a lot of, listen to a lot of, um, have a lot of knowledge about true crime stuff. So, and Dexter is right up that alley. Mm -hmm. And those of you who may not know already, they may be relaunching Dexter. FYI. So, so anyway, that was probably one of the only conversations we had about (laughs) naming our firstborn. Um, and then, I mean, oh, and then the other thing I wanted to mention too was, um, after we got married, probably the day we got married, beautiful day in July, favorite day of my whole life was our wedding. It was the funnest party I've ever been to, Mm -hmm. but I helped plan and pay for, (laughs) um, as it should be, right? It should be the funnest day of your life. Um, it was pretty much that day that people started asking us, when are you guys going to have babies? When yeah. When's the babies <laughs> coming? <laughs> yeah, it was like clockwork. It was like, oh, as soon as we kissed, it was just kind of like, oh, people were scooting up like, oh, so you guys talk about having kids? Like, oh. Yeah. Well, first things first, like, yeah, let's just see how it goes from here. Like, like. Yeah, from there... I mean, it took us half a year to plan that wedding, and I mean, at that point, I that was a, a lot of a lot of work and a lot of money for one big day, one big event, and and honestly, like we had recently become very health con- health conscious. Mm-hmm. And so we had made a lot of lifestyle changes. And I mean, that was the year I was probably in the best shape of my life. We were going pretty hardcore at CrossFit three days. A week. I was going three days a week. I think you were unlimited at that point. Yeah, I was going about five, six days a week. Yeah. And so just the fittest we could be. And this is where it really started started for me that I needed to like recognize that strength and that that childbirth wasn't a burden that it was this amazing gift that I could that I can do and so I that's when I started to process all of that because I just felt like it was so unfair that I had to be the one to sacrifice what I worked so hard you know to gain and I mean that's just me being stubborn. I'm also an Aries, so it's pretty much like anything that I'm not in control of. And again, and it has to go back to my trauma as well, of like just being out of control and the unpredictability of it all. So I was really scared and I was really annoyed that people weren't just letting us live our lives, our married life. Like let's let us have some fun being a married couple you know, and so from there, that's when I had kind of made that deal with myself. Like, let's just get us to Hawaii and we'll see what happens. We won't try to stop it. We won't. We'll just go with the flow and see what happens. And then it only takes three, three months. (laughs) What do you remember from that day? That I found out that you were pregnant or Oh boy! Um, it was Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah. May. So I, I just remember that uh, you were gonna go and take a shower, and um, I was gonna go to the grocery store, which we. Which we live right by, and um, so decided gonna go to the grocery store. Came back, and then. I'm bringing in um, groceries, and you're like, hey, babe, come here. And you're in the bathroom, like, okay, this is kind of weird. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> like, yeah, just let me just let me put stuff in the fridge. You're like, no, babe, come here now. I'm like, yeah, 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 just hold on, I'm almost done. You're like, no, come here right now. And then I look, there you are in a bathrobe, and you're, you got a test in your hand, and you're saying, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap like what and then you held it up towards me I'm like what does that say and my face just turned as white as a piece mm-hmm. of like notebook paper like mm-hmm. just white 
And your like, face was just blank. Yeah, and yeah, yeah it, it it said positive, and mm-hmm. I I think I stumbled backwards maybe a couple steps, uh, which is dangerous because our basement stairs are right by the bathroom, <laughs> and uh, for the next like hour hour or so we just sat in the living room and just we'd stare at the floor or the we'd stare off into the distance and just look at each other and just say I love you like every five minutes holy shit yeah and that too yeah <laughs> and, I don't uh, even think we were like sitting next to each other I think no, we like you were needed to on, process it separately <laughs> like you were separate sitting, couches you were sitting on well not that people know the layout but like on the couch I think you were on the uh, we were both seat. sitting on separate couches like Mm-hmm. And they're kind of angled like a, a triangle, I guess. Like, or they're kind of squared. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, definitely not. We're sitting close to each other, but not next to each other. And we just kept looking at each other. Just processing, that, just same. in shock. And I think eventually we did call our immediate family that day. But for the everybody else we wanted to wait yeah because i don't even think you can get i don't even remember when my first appointment was but i don't even think you can get in for your first appointment until you're 11 weeks along so Mm -hmm. at that point i realized i was probably only four weeks along because i did end up going to see my friend who worked at a clinic um, and she helped me do a test and um i it was positive because i feel Felt like I needed to, like, be in an office for it to be official. So so then um, pregnancy is pretty good. I, I don't have a lot of nausea. I'm not sick a lot. No, the worst thing you probably had was, like, heartburn. It was the worst. And I don't ever... I haven't had it since. And it was terrible. And pickle juice was the only thing that helped it. Yeah. And so we were still working out. We were still going to CrossFit. And Bryce is coming to as many appointments as he can with me. Um, And, of course, this is pre-COVID time, right? So he's coming to just as many as he can get out of work for. So then the night I come and wake you up. What was that like? Well, okay, so... You had, like, a hankering for ice cream for, like, I don't know how long. Um, like, for a week or so, or it might have been longer. Yeah, so you've been having a hankering for ice cream, and um, I just remember before I went to bed that night, you were like, oh, I got a stomach ache. And here I was kind of joking around, being like, oh, that's what you get for eating so much ice cream, like, thinking you just had a stomach ache. And you'd woken me up at... It was like two or three in the morning. You're like, babe, we gotta go. And you mm-hmm. said that you were bleeding. And mm-hmm. Immediately then, I was like, I shot up. Mm-hmm. So there we are going down. Um, I guess you would kind of call it like the main strip down to the hospital, um, all downhill. In the and middle of a freezing rain. Yeah, blizzard. it was a freezing rain, <laughs> uh, freezing rainstorm. You know, beginning of January. And I plows you're haven't saying, finished. Plows hadn't been out, and it's just freezing rain. And you were saying, "Oh, slow down, but speed up, like oh, but just just get <laughs> us there safe." And <laughs> yeah, and then, I was in so much pain. Oh yeah, and so then here I'm worrying about like you being okay, and then you know just with the the roads, like we're the only people on the roads. It's not that we were sliding everywhere, but it was It was hard to not even stay, s- like, stable. But, I mean, it was just just trying to go down with the roads. It was rough that. when it's not plowed, for sure. Yeah. So then we get to the hospital, and I'm pretty much told that I'm going to be having an emergency C-section. And in my first episode I talk about how calm I was because I snapped into this survival mode what was that like for you 
with you snapping the survival mode? J- no, just like how was that? What was that night like for you, having to be woken up? Uh, well, yeah. First off, went into as soon as you woke me up, like okay, let let's go, like just boom, like let's get down there. You know, like I started immediately thinking, like okay, we gotta get her down here soon. Like we gotta, you know, because we didn't know what was going there. on. Um, the part that started worrying me, and I don't know if like many have talked about this, like um, with you being not necessarily delirious, but like with you being in the pain that you were in, and then in comes the surgeon, Mister Bedside Manner, uh, who. That's sarcasm. Like he did not mm-hmm. have any, mm-hmm. did not have any bedside manner at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just saying, "Well, you know, you know, if we don't move soon, like there could be a chance that we could lose you or the baby or both." And you were not necessarily oblivious to it, but here I'm thinking Focusing going into on this. Other things. Yeah, here I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, great, like. Well, let's let's see how this goes, and you know, kind of take it from there. Like, because you know, we're surrounded by professionals that you know how to do this, and with what you having a placental abrupture, we I, didn't know that's what it was at the time, though. Yeah. Yeah. They just yeah. knew I was bleeding at that point. And um, well, I think that's where the surgeon came, and I think he knew exactly what was going on, mm-hmm. and. Um, they were asking me like oh has she fallen down or they even asked you like had you fallen down because it had been a reoccurring theme especially with the way that the weather had been right 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 yep and it's something that's not actually that common unless there is a fall Mm -hmm. and so that's where the placenta comes detached from the the uterine lining mm-hmm. and it provides food and oxygen and nourishment to the baby and it can be deadly for both if it's not if a c-section isn't performed immediately basically so so then we they get me prepped and ready for surgery oh i remember um i can't remember how these two events went down um i think went to go see you right before they started operating and you're like hey babe how's it going you're like this is really happening and i'm like beforehand your face is like completely pale and you were just like out of it and then just seeing you like face full like your face was you know had color back in it and you're just spunky and alive and well and i'm like (laughs) okay i'm like she's gonna be fine and then they said is there anything that you need to do before like we start this I was like I need to go to the bathroom Mm. and then we went back up to our room and then the nurse talked to me on the way back down one of the nurses like saying aren't you worried about like your son you know with him being a preemie and all I said well no I mean like he's only a month premature I was way you know more premature than him more premature than he was because Benny was born 35 weeks and you were what third 25 weeks 20 like weeks 25 26 weeks yeah and uh and then the lady looked at me she's like well she's like I'm like you seem like you're okay i'm like yeah for the <laughs> most part yeah. i guess like uh, I, I don't okay like just seemed kind of awkward but uh but no um i just remember just the the relief that came over him we came over me when I seen your face like just full of color you're like wow babe so this is really happening huh I don't even remember you leaving yeah I'm trying to remember like I, I, I want to say that I I was there I was scatterbrained too because I, I remember I was, you coming all the way down to the operating room with me I just I it's all just a, I was in so much pain and on that medication yeah definitely wasn't in the right frame of mind but I don't remember you leaving at all so then I do remember I remember feeling instantly better because the pain had moved from one side to the other and like at that point it was like my whole abdomen was just in pain and when they gave me the shot it was instant relief it was incredible and 
C-sections are weird because you do feel tugging, but you don't feel any pain. Like I felt my body being like shoved around and moved around. And then it's kind of like floating around on like a Yeah. And then so he comes out and I remember not hearing any crying. Oh, when Benny came out, yeah. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, we did. It was kind of silent and you know, we both didn't hear anything. We didn't hear breathing or anything like that. And I look over and they got the um it's the like a grain suction thing yeah like an airbag thing that helps suck the mucus out but i was like is this something that happens with every c-section or any kind of baby that's being born like um just kind of worried for a you know good few seconds there like 30 seconds like Mm. not hearing him breathe not hearing him cry or anything like that yeah i don't remember that and then they said oh Dada, do you want to come cut the umbilical cord? And I look over and I'm like, he looked just like me, except his skin was pale. He had like golden, blonde, like almost albino like hair. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, is he albino? Like, <laughs> oh. And then I just remember trying to cut the umbilical cord. I like made one slice. I'm like, oh no, you got to cut it again. A second slice okay one more time and I'm like oh like I just (laughs) I I just was like I don't even know if you can feel this right now but I mean it was just like the whole Mm -hmm. like okay like I was even I think I even closed my eyes like when I was cutting it I'm like "Mm." closed my eyes and looked away and I was like "Eh, (laughs) yeah oh yeah it was so you cut the umbilical cord and then they brought him over they they brought him over and then you cut the umbilical cord no I I cut the umbilical cord, then they brought him over. Oh, man, because I'm still, like, it's such a blur. Because I, I was able to see him before they brought everyone back upstairs, and mm-hmm. I we were able to get a little video, and I think all I kept saying was just, I love you and hi, my love. Oh, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Hi, my love. Oh, he was so tiny. He definitely, I mean, and not coming through the birth canal, I always think that babies who are born naturally, they look like aliens, but he really did look like a little alien with his, Mm -hmm. no meat on his bones, 11, four pounds, 11 ounces. How long was he? Gosh, I want to say he was like, I don't even remember how long he was, but just the littlest peanut and... So then he gets brought right up to the NICU. I'm brought up to the room. And then I start passing clots and have to be brought down. And that's when I'm told basically that if the DNC doesn't work, that I'm going to have to have a total hysterectomy. And that's where I had three blood transfusions. Actually, I think before that happened, I... Actually, before that, I think I um, I ran home. Before I went back into surgery? Yeah, because I came back and you were having clots. Okay, like, Because I, I went to go get you pancakes and I went to go check on the house because of all the rain and snow that we had. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and they had, like, your bed was all curtained off. And then I came in, I'm like, what's going on? They're like, she's still... Like, she's passing clots. Yeah. And I, that's when I had to go back down. Yeah. Yep. And so I hadn't even seen Benny yet. And then had to be brought back down. I feel... I don't even know how long that was after. That was, like, midday then? Yeah. Because yeah. he was born at... Six on the dot. Yes. And um, a part of the reason I think why it was a blur is because we both... You know, we were so tired. Yeah, we didn't sleep. And yeah. our adrenaline was just going. And, like, especially with you going through everything that you went through, especially with getting what what you needed to help stop the pain and everything like that. Like, yeah, it was definitely on pain meds. Yeah. 
So then that week you did spend a couple of nights with us in the hospital. Yep. And then there were a couple nights where you went home to take care of Marley in the house and mm-hmm. and there were even a couple of nights where I w- that's where I was like I need to sleep. I'm in pain. It was yeah, Monday through Friday that I was there. And then and then we come home. Do you remember bringing that tiny little baby home? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, one thing I, I snuck up, Benny's, um, what, what do they call that? The blanket? Swaddle. That the swaddle thing, like the swaddles that he's been wrapped in. And I put it at Marley's bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, her given the advice that was given to me by a cousin of mine um Mm -hmm. she said yeah you know put that down there so she can get the smell of benny so she's not like what is this little human coming into our house well i just remember the first couple of nights was interesting like just very just nerve-wracking like because now we were on our own we didn't have the nurses the nurses took such good care of us yeah at st luke's and i remember i came home thinking about like how can i ever repay them like they saved our lives they took such good care of us like i just i mean over a week i think i had like 14 nurses and so I think I talk about this in my first episode, but I made, I own my own little jewelry business called Traveling Beads by Melissa. And I made them all little stamped keychains. Some of them put them on their lanyards for work. And I just wanted to show some appreciation for all that they had done for us. So like yeah. coming home and not having that help, it was like all up to us. And as prepared as you think you can be as parents, you like it was (laughs) like (laughs) no i have no clue what i'm actually doing and so and baby you know little tiny babies it sounds easy enough like they just eat and they sleep but like your schedule means nothing to them Mm -hmm. you are on their schedule and so we were so lucky though he was compared to so many other new parents that I know there was a couple of moms who gave birth around the time that I did that I you know I was very lucky to be able to like snapchat or like facebook message and like commiserate how tired we were or just the frustrations we had but for our first um man we there were so many things that I never thought not that never even occurred to me until they were happening like just how much um how much they sleep and how much i mean the biggest thing with ben is that they were worried about him gaining enough weight so this is where like the pressures to breastfeed came into my came into play for me he was so tiny and i i go into you know i already talked about this in my first episode but um it just wasn't it was something I put a lot of pressure on myself for and I mean what was that like for you to like see me see that whole struggle because me breastfeeding is like no participation for you well I mean and just strictly breastfeeding not pumping and doing the syringe feed okay but we were syringe feeding though for yeah but I mean to see you beat yourself up over it I mean it I just kind of think of it like, because when I was, I'm pretty sure I wasn't necessarily breastfed. Not that I ever asked my mom about it being like, oh, hey, did you breastfeed me? Like, Sure. But I want to say that talking about it with my mom, I was like, Mel's, you know, kind of not beating yourself up. Well, I guess beating yourself up over not being able to breastfeed my mom I don't think she ever really had the option because I was in the NICU for three months mm-hmm. after and I was she born. wasn't with you for a lot of the time yeah yeah and uh I think that it's one of those things just seeing it with you trying to breastfeed and I'm like oh man 
man, like, you shouldn't never feel like a failure with it. I mean, it's just something that... And it's not even something anybody else even had to say or do. It's just this little audience that lives in your head and that says you should be able to produce enough to be able to nourish your child. And if you don't, you're a failure. And so it's just, it's the weirdest thing. It's like... Also with hormones, though, too. Exactly. Everything gets in your head. Oh, yeah. So, so we did, you know, when I was exclusively breastfeeding and we weren't doing syringe or we weren't doing formula yet, you still were able to participate in that because I was pumping and his mouth was so tiny. We would like have to use our finger. Oh, yeah. To do the, what do they call that? The roof of his mouth so he could syringe feed. What do they call it? Wasn't there a name for it? Like, Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Like, I would stick my pinky in his mouth and then put the syringe in there and then just, like, mm-hmm. give Slowly him shots going, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so strange to us now that, you know, almost two years ago, that's what we were doing. Now he's, like, like if he He'd wants... He'd bite our finger off if we ever try to do oh. that again. <laughs> yeah. So... So, yeah, we're home with this little tiny baby. We didn't have hardly any anything ready for a premature we didn't have any preemie clothes we didn't have I wasn't about to put him in that crib so then him and I slept in the living room for almost three months almost the whole time I was on maternity leave with that uh, what is it that rocker not rocker thing uh yeah we had a bassinet that he slept in and and then when I finally moved in the living room or into the bedroom, we pulled the bassinet in the bedroom. Yeah. And that's when I think when we switched to formula also. So then we switched to that schedule of I would be up with him if he was up before midnight. And then after midnight, you got up with him. And then eventually our schedules really worked out nice that now I, since I get up with him every day, um, you're able to help on the weekends get up with him in the morning mm-hmm. so I can have a little bit of sleep in time. Because also, to mention, you get up for work at what time in the morning? It seems like it's increasingly earlier and earlier. Uh, two or three in the morning. Yeah, usually like two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do all of the morning routine during the week. And then, and some of that... Bryce's schedule adjusting like that has somewhat worked out for us to be able to continue our CrossFit careers because <laughs> that's CrossFit a things. Yeah. That's a huge part of our life and self-care really um, and sanity um, is being able to access CrossFit. We are, well, we'll get into it in a second, but so so we did a lot of adjusting and figuring out our CrossFit schedules because um, Ben does go to daycare during the day and I do work, you know, a usual kind of 8 to f- 8.30 to 4.30 job. And so I'm only able to go in the afternoons. And, and so Bryce is, with him going to work so early, he gets off around noonish, and so is sometimes able to go around that time to go during the week. Or I'll come home, take a nap, and <laughs> um, yeah, get dinner and stuff going, and while you're still working, and yeah, get Benny from daycare at you know four o'clock, and come mm-hmm. home, mm-hmm. play with them for a while, and have dinner, and and that's our usual routine. Yeah. So let's get into COVID. So, so being that Benny was born so premature. We were also told, like, I was super anxious to start being able to bring him to CrossFit to introduce him to our family there and introduce him to other people. But we have a lot of nurses who go to CrossFit, and they told us that we're in RSV season, and that's really bad for babies, so Mm -hmm. don't bring him to CrossFit yet. And so we kind of learned early on that we have to isolate. And so we did 
stay pretty isolated. And that was, I mean, just in general. So, I mean, if you haven't guessed by now, I'm a very extrovert, extroverted person. I'm a social butterfly. Um, over the years, Bryce has turned me into this nice little homebody. I'm little, like a social moth. Little, like you're <laughs> social. <laughs> Bryce is social when he wants to be. You are very easy to talk to. I don't know if you know that. You can talk to just about anybody. But Bryce would prefer to just be home and, and any, you know. But he'll be social if he has to go out in public and he can talk to anybody. Um, but me, I get, I like to be around a lot of people. Um, and by the time that we had become pregnant and had Benny like I had kind of slowed down and I was getting used to being home so anyway COVID hits um I mean Benny turns one in January first of all let's step back a second and then he actually gets sick with a fever for two weeks in February and that's probably the sickest he ever was was last February of this year and other you know and they could not figure out what it was they tried to look in his ears they're like oh we'll just say that it's an ear infection which they couldn't even confirm for me that it was and they put him on antibiotics for two weeks and it wasn't until the last day of the dose of antibiotics that the fever and everything finally went away so then and he had family members come to his birthday party from out of town that were sick and so like my you know i was like when covid hit in march i was like did we already go through this and like we didn't get it so anyway we go into lock first lockdown right in march yep and i'm still working i i go working from home benny is still going to daycare also something i forget to mention is we were blessed by the daycare goddess of the world we have the most wonderful daycare provider She is somebody I have known since I was in kindergarten. Trust her with our life. Amazing, amazing woman, amazing business owner, amazing daycare provider. So lucky. Landed her like, landed Benny a spot in that daycare like a week after we found out we were pregnant. Because that's how dire the situation is out here for daycare, right? And she's less than a mile away from our house. So, so anyway, Benny is going to daycare and this was the first time he had been sick and away from daycare. We did keep him out of daycare for this time period. So, so, and that's in February. And so COVID hits and he's, you know, Bryce and I are both essential workers. We're still working, even though I'm working from home, he's in daycare this whole time. And so here comes my mom guilt again once COVID hits is I know that y- and, and our daycare provider taking all the precautions and, you know, still being amazing and keeping open for essential workers. We knew the potential for contracting COVID from daycare because that's literally probably the only place that we were coming into contact this whole entire eight months. Right. Yeah. And so here comes October eight months six seven months into the pandemic um we get a call we're all homesick actually i'm home with a head cold that day and and benny were both kind of feeling it a day or two before and i was just figuring i'm like i woke up probably just getting my head cold yeah i woke up not feeling right but i'm like i better just stay home just Mm because i didn't know how well you would be in shape to you know take care of benny and yeah i was like i'll just stay home and then that's when we so our daycare provider then um said that she was sick and so then we get a call so we all are home october 26 we get a text from her that she tests positive so then we're like oh I snap like honestly I it's so crystal clear to me because I remember snapping into survival mode just like I did the night that he was born I was like okay we got to go get tested that's just what it is and so that weekend we had actually it's the weekend before Halloween it's Benny's first Halloween I picked him up two costumes at Walmart 
One of them is Spider-Man. He's wearing his Spider-Man costume. We go get tested and this little peanut is in his Spider-Man costume. So little did we know going to get tested for COVID-19, we would have to sit there in a parking spot for two hours. For two fucking hours. So we're sitting there. I have no snacks because I didn't know it was gonna take this long. My mother brings us snack snacks from Target after work, but of course before she gets there we finally get called into the room. I think it's gonna be quick in the room. I again don't bring the diaper bag <laughs> into the room. So keeping a toddler busy for three hours so so in the vehicle it was him being able to watch his favorite show bunked on my phone i don't know how he got hooked on this show but it to this day is one of his favorite shows it's a break off show of the disney channel show jesse um it's about a summer camp and so we're watching bunked we're singing songs he's playing with the steering wheel they come out um they do our test and this is at this point Benny's second, second test. Yeah. Um, the first test he had to get before he went into surgery, and he was strapped in his car seat at that time. We had to hold his head and his legs and his arms down. It was one of the most traumatic things I've ever had to do. Shots in general suck with a toddler. I think I've cried every time now um, that he's had to get shots, but this COVID test up the nostril is just he's traumatized by doctors and nurses yeah so this time he's not strapped down he's sitting on my lap he actually kicks the steering wheel scares the shit out of the nurse because he honked the horn i think with his yeah. foot honks the horn and oh god so then we finally get to go into this room and then for another hour we sit there and wait for the provider we're drawing on sticky notes he's playing ball around i don't, i think we Every, had a ball everything just he's um he, yeah so and doctor's offices are not childproof they're disgusting <laughs> they're mm -hmm. not clean places no. so so anyway we're there three hours right we find out two days later we don't find out till thursday this yeah, was monday so monday yeah so i get results because this is my healthcare provider i get my results on my portal that i'm negative and so I'm like, okay, I'm negative. We find out Thursday, we get calls from MDH that both Bryce and Benjamin are positive. We were joking around like the next day because me and you were both kind of laying around. Because we still felt like shit. Yeah, and there's Benny jumping off of stuff. Crazy as ever. Yeah, just, you know, just being a toddler, just going crazy. And I said, wouldn't that be something if, you know... Turns out he's positive, we're negative, and we're the ones that feel like crap, and he's just like... And recommendations are that you need to isolate, so like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, here you go, kid, you're fending we, for yourself, like... Yeah, we did, yeah, we did joke. Um, and so I didn't, I expected us all to be positive, especially because I had had the head cold, and... Yeah, so I kind of, I had a breakdown because I got the first MDH call for Benny and we were, we were already planning, you know, for some of us, all of us to be positive. So we were already in quarantine. We hadn't gone anywhere. And yeah, I had a breakdown because I didn't know what it would mean for him. Like it, it could be really bad and yeah. I didn't know what to expect. And so Bryce had just started his symptoms then. He was going through the body aches and the head mainly, cold stuff. Mainly just the body aches and then just tired. Mm -hmm. And with a toddler, that's no, I don't recommend COVID for anybody, but especially if you have a toddler or someone else to take care of because you're just so low energy and those body aches are terrible. So then I, I think we're also very blessed that we had those symptoms at different times because you got through it in a week and then I was going in and getting tested every two days mm -hmm. because I was like I'm gonna be positive like it's just gonna happen yeah. because at with Minnesota Department of Health the recommendations are so someone who is infected right is quarantined for 14 days but if you are pot if you are negative living with a quarantined person 
you need to isolate for another 10 for days yeah. after that. Nope, sorry, I messed that up. It's quarantine, it's isolate for 14 days and then quarantine for 10 days after that. 14 days, I don't whatever. Yeah. It was It was a total of 24 days. I probably totally fucked that up just three times <laughs> right now. Yeah. But at this point, I, I knew I would be becoming positive. I could not isolate from my family. And um, so then I got tested for a third time on November 1st, and that's when I tested positive. And then my symptoms started pretty much immediately after the, that day that I took that test. Yeah. And I didn't find out my results to the next day. So we had already been isolating besides when I went and got tested. Um, you know, I was distanced from people when I went to take that test. And for me, it hit, I think, hit pretty hard. I was feeling like crap. Those body aches were horrendous. And um, I was running out of COVID time at work. So I also had to, I was still experiencing symptoms on that third week that we were out and Benny was still out of daycare. Um, I had to go back to work and Bryce had to go back to work. Yeah. Um, you went to work after your quarantine was, your isolation period was done. And Benny's symptoms, fortunately, um, he just had a runny nose around the time that we tested runny nose and a little bit of like a cough like he was up those first two nights screaming yeah till almost midnight and i who knows i would hate to think that those were body aches because that's what i was thinking they were but because i mean it did hurt for him to lay down and he was grabbing his back now that i'm thinking of it there was a lot of back grabbing he's also been bonkers lately and jumping mm. off of everything <laughs> his back as well and so trust falling or and trust falling off the couch and oh my gosh i can't wait to talk to other parents who have toddlers to hear how bonkers these kids are especially if you know girl toddlers are the same because this kid loves to climb and wrestle and Jump trust fall and try to ride his bike on the couch and so, so anyway, we, I'm about to like, I'm finishing up, you know, my, my quarantine isolation, whatever you want to call it. And then I'm, so I'm like gearing up to go back to the office. Right. And then our office closes November 9th. Yep. And now as of today, the weekend of Thanksgiving, we are in our second lockdown. We had just started going back to CrossFit, and we find out CrossFit shuts down again. Yep. And I, it's looking bleak, y'all. I'll be honest, because my motivation to continue working out has been going downhill with winter and with the holidays. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best to, to get to get better at doing some movement this week. But we are looking at. Don't know how long this next lockdown will be. So what's been interesting about COVID is since, I don't know, I did make a little list of some of the positives is we are both so blessed to still b be working first yeah. and foremost. I cannot imagine how scary that is for people whose jobs are not considered essential, who have lost jobs because of being sick. Um, we did have terrible symptoms, but we fared really well. Like we don't, we have very strong immune systems. Um, I do have other health kind of issues that did kind of pop up with being positive, but like they are nothing compared to respiratory issues mm -hmm. that other folks, you know, may have. Um, I'm also cooking more. Bryce is the meal prepper of the the of the household of the family and so since i've been home i've been actually meal planning mm -hmm. and now that benny's eating full meals and things like that so i think that's a, a positive i've been more engaged in the meal prep and planning i've been doing a lot of organizing cleaning and decorating we have a giant pile of things to get rid of Yes. Um, so Bryce is very happy about that. He, he loves to see me get rid of my crap. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, I'm a hoarder. Yes, I'm a collector of things. Um, I also feel like I've been a more present and attentive parent. Um, I think being so career driven over my life and then getting back into the swing of things and then also feeling my hormone levels get back to normal. I feel like I've, I'm finally back to my like quote unquote myself and and having those readjustments to like be a parent. So like if that makes any sense. So I feel like when b before COVID hit, I was like, move, 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 move. And like, here's my tiny little baby. And like, I'll take care of you and like still do all my things. But now I feel like COVID has really forced us all to slow down and yeah. take a look at what's most important in our life. And I, I'm thankful for that. I really don't want us to go back to what it was like before. I don't want myself to go back to the way it was before because I wasn't, I mean, I was attentive. I was present and I was there. Um, I'm not, and I'm not like a Pinterest mom, you know, who does all these like super fun projects and yeah. is doing all these things, but I am, I'm getting better at it. I'm also, you know, talked about it a lot. I also parent out of trauma, my trauma, like I've talked about my reactiveness and that's still a problem. <laughs> like, and that's where, um, Bryce is definitely, um, continues to be the calm presence in the household, um, especially when Benny is doing things he's not supposed to be doing. I am very loud. I am very reactive. I am very... <sighs> Bryce is definitely my grounding force in everything. So, um, some more COVID positives. We're having a lot more dance parties. Oh, Benny yeah. is such a yeah. great dancer. Oh, yeah. Especially this break dancing lately. Oh, my God. He he loves break dancing. He is especially in the kitchen where he's like had his got his feet. Oh, oh with my socks God. on. Yeah, with socks like on. Slipping around. Yep. Um, COVID negatives. It takes a village. Right. And Benny is being robbed of his village. village right now we're being robbed of our village i really miss our family mm. and yeah. zooming was fun over thanksgiving but it's not as fun as being around our entire family and just people friends and family who are missing out on seeing benny grow up yeah and what he's into and like i have to make a freaking list you know, I've I have his Amazon wish list and then I have this local list of you know, local places to support for holiday gifts, but like Ugh. Yeah. Like people who don't just know him who can um and he's deaf and honestly like the other part is that um he's he's getting screen time and i'm trying not to have shame about that because we're just trying to survive and do our best and he is watching tv and there are days like when i was working from home with him that i needed to make his meals and yep i would i would put the tv on we've been doing better i feel like i've come back down to earth now and I'm snapping out of my survival mode and like, okay, this pandemic's going to be here for a minute. So we're kind of slowing down, but we do, um, you know, occasionally have that on in the morning and, and yeah. at night just to chill out. So, yeah. so it's I been, mean, we do, we read them books and stuff like that too. Um, well, yeah, that's part of our normal routine. But I'm just saying it's a COVID negative. There's more screen time. And it's also hard to play outside when we don't really have much snow. Like if there was a whole bunch of snow. Like when we had that storm where we got like a foot of snow, we were outside. Right. And yeah. But. He's adjusting well, though. He doesn't know any different. I think that's what another COVID positive is that I think he doesn't know anything different 
I can't imagine how other people who have to explain what the pandemic is to their kids are going through. I can't wait to talk to them because with Benny, he does—he just doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. And so, so those will be the episodes to come. We might. Um, there's going to be plenty of parents that I interview that do have school-age children who are dealing with distance learning, who are dealing with going to college in their own dis- you know, in distance learning with their kids and and all of that. But that's um I think we're going to wrap up our first episode with Bryce. Thanks so much for joining me, babe. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh better get going. I got a long ways to go, so back up the stairs yeah yeah okay um maybe like with part two we can talk about like you know with him going back to daycare and how that's been um Mm -hmm. maybe about his first day going back and how that ended up (laughs) Mm -hmm. after he came back home but there'll be more to come for sure but thanks so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon bye guys bye Hey, are you interested in being interviewed for the Parent Chat Podcast? If you are, you can email me at parentchatpodcast at gmail.com or anchor.fm forward slash parentchat forward slash message. That's anchor.fm forward slash parentchat forward slash message. Trying saying that. 10 times fast. Bet you can't because it's really hard. I just tried.